This episode of Inside Acting is brought to you in part by VO2GoGo.com, the award-winning voiceover training system and winner of Backstage's Reader's Choice Award for Best VO Training four years in a row. Visit VO2GoGo.com slash start for a free getting started in voiceover online class that will help you add voiceover to your acting portfolio. That's VO2GoGo.com slash start. Hello and welcome to episode 149 of Inside Acting. I'm AJ Meyer. And I'm Trevor Elgott. And on this podcast, we interview writers, directors, agents, managers, casting directors, and I want to say et al, et, et cetera, <laughs> et cetera, and uh, package it up in this podcast and bring it out to the world wide webs for you fine folks at home. Indeed. And we're just two guys that started this thing because we were looking for the answers. We decided that it'd be really kind of cool to be able to ask these people to sit down with us and talk about their journey so we could hear about it, so they could get it out there, and we could all kind of learn from it. So if you hear something on the show that uh, maybe is completely contrary to your experience or something that maybe completely jived with your experience... We want to hear from you either way. You can get in touch with us in a million different ways, but you can start uh, by going to our website, InsideActingPodcast.com. And on this episode, we have part two of my interview with casting director Sheila Guthrie, so stick around for that. dude yo yo how you doing what's up trevenator i'm great how are you man <laughs> i'm all right dude i was just telling you before we started recording i woke up with this like gnarly crick in my neck slash back and it sucks it sucks ass i feel old today oh yeah it's uh it's a thing it's a man. thing <laughs> it's a thing it happens to humans so um, we sort of voted before we started recording to kind of devote a big chunk of time on this episode to responding to listener questions. A lot of people have written in or and called in and asking for our thoughts on various things. And so um, we have like, let me see here. We have one, two, three, four, five, uh, five at least right now. I, I don't know that we'll get to all of them on this episode, but I thought we could at least start. And just go until we can't go no mo. So our first, uh, it's not really a question. It's more of just like a, a cool thing to share. And it comes from longtime patron Michael Pauly, uh, who's who's written into the show before. He was recently featured as a, as a patron of the week. And he's just he's just kicking ass. And here's another instance of his ass kickingness. I've kind of we've kind of highlighted portions of his of his email here that we're just going to kind of read. So uh, here goes. He says, just wanted to share that I've reached the point in my journey when I have signed with an agent. Boom. Congratulations, Mike. That's awesome. Woo-hoo. He says, 10 years. That's how long I've been working towards this. I've had meetings. I've done showcases. And looking back, I think it's right that all of those, me- all of, all of those things excuse me, were part of the journey that took me to this place where I am now. Because he's really, really ready to be in these rooms with these people starting to make these things happen. 
He says, the biggest thing is that all of those parts of the journey finally delivered me to the place where I am actually living the notion that I am enough. The past was filled with the need to impress, but I've finally started to learn to just allow myself to sit in a room. And then he kind of sums it up and he says, life's about the journey, not the destination. And this is one peak among the many valleys of being in among among the many valleys, I should say, of being in this business. But it's a pretty damn great peak to be standing on for the moment. So, Mike, first off, congratulations, dude! Kick ass! Thank you so much for for sharing that. And what I That's awesome. What I love the most, there are many things I love about this this message. What I love the most is that he really acknowledges that this is all part of the journey, and that everything in the past was actually perfect because it brought him to this point in time. I read in a book called The Success Principles, which is one of my favorite all-time books. It's by Jack Canfield. If you guys haven't uh, heard of it or picked it up or taken a look at it, I highly, highly recommend it. Uh, But in the beginning of that book, he basically says, as you're going through this stuff, you may find yourself getting frustrated or angry or annoyed that you didn't learn this stuff sooner or that your teachers didn't tell you or your parents didn't tell you this kind of stuff. And then he, he basically just says, just like breathe and recognize that actually everything in your life up to now has been perfect because it delivered you to this point in time. And he basically says, you're about to have a new awareness. So let's celebrate. And I just, that really, I never forgot that. Mm-hmm. It was really powerful, I think. So, and Mike says the same thing here. He says everything delivered him to this moment. And, and if you look at it that way, then all the crap in our past is perfect. It's, it's what we need. And I really think that we're always given exactly what we need. All the challenges we have and, and whatnot, they're, they're perfect. They're, they're exactly where and how we need to grow. So congratulations, Mike. Especially on all the hard work because, yeah. you know, um, it didn't come without, uh, without a lot of hard work. Yeah. And congratulations on graduating. Yeah, well. and keep us posted, man. Keep us posted on on what's going on in your world and the ups and downs that that continue to happen, and, and of course, um, all the success. Okay, so um, this whole episode has been plagued by Time Warner Cable's stunning reliability. Um, how many call drops have we had now? Five? Yeah, five. I think five, five or six. Awesome, awesome. Good on yeah. you, TWC. Good on you, guys. Keep up the good work. I wish I could say it was like an isolated thing, but it's like all the time. And normally yeah. I'm kind of like, I'm the kind of, I'm the kind of guy who's kind of like, you know, people get annoyed that their cell phone doesn't get a signal in certain places. And I'm like, well, you like, I'm like the Louis CK kind of, I come from that school of thought. Right. Where I'm like, you do recognize the signal is going to space and coming back, right? Like, give it a, give it a, a minute. Give it a minute. <laughs> but when it comes to, you know, but like, Go that's on to space. It's 2014. We've had, you know, high speed internet for like over a decade. And we still have this problem where, where certain providers just can't keep a signal. Like and and we're in the two most populated cities in the in the country. You think they'd have this part figured out? Yeah, I wonder if that makes it better or worse. <sighs> yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Maybe it, 
maybe it's, maybe that's the problem, but, um, and I'm no internet technician, but I don't know. You don't hear about this kind of thing from Comcast or, or, uh, AT&T U-verse or any of that stuff. I don't know. Now I'm bitching. I'm using the internet to bitch. What is the internet for, huh? Certainly, certainly not this. Apparently it's for about bitching about the internet. (laughs) (laughs) So we have a a question from Hannah and this is kind of a big one, but do you want to just kind of read this one off i guess yeah yeah it is a big one uh she she said she's a dancer actor singer uh but feels like she's being held back by how shy she is it takes her a long time to warm up to people and she feels like that means that she can't show her best in auditions and interviews uh i guess she means meetings because of how introverted she is any tips to overcome this issue um Hmm. wow that's a that's a that's a big one. I feel like, I feel like I don't have enough information. Like I want to know, is this something that's, you know, always been an issue? Is it a recent thing? Is it, uh, something that you feel like, you know, is your, are your parents shy people? And, and, and you just kind of like, you know, inherited that, that personality trait, but what's, uh, what, what are some of your initial thoughts? Uh, well, uh, Tom Hanks uh, said once, kind of famously, that acting is the shy man's revenge. And I love that. I love that. The shy man's revenge. Yeah. And I think about that because I I know a lot of of creative people who uh, feel completely free expressing themselves in their art form, but feel very self-conscious or shy when people are... (laughs) Uh, I don't know when they're not fully in the element, fully in, you know, performance mode and getting there sometimes can be difficult. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I I can relate to Hannah on, on many levels. I think, um, I wish I had like an easy answer, like, Oh, just use this one weird tip and, you know, eradicate your shyness. But I think this is uh, a case where it's just practice and kind of the fake it till you make it kind of thing. Um, Hmm. I I would definitely say the pitfall here is to do what I see many actors do, which is be like kind of falsely cheery and chipper to kind of cover up the awkwardness or cover up the, the natural inclination towards shyness. And that always reads as really fake to me. And Hmm. I know, I know that people in casting offices and agent uh, offices and whatnot, I know they see right through that kind of thing. And, I'm not saying that it's that it's bad necessarily. I'm just saying that it, it it's kind of fake. And I think we all kind of play that game on some level. And I really am in a place in my life where I want to get away from that. And I want to, if I had my way, the industry would move away from that. But I think it's always going to be there. But it, it depends on, on what works for you, I think. I mean, for this, I think we can kind of go to like almost like self-help 101 and start looking at, uh, the, like you said, AJ, like wanting to learn more, like what are the reasons that you feel, uh, distrustful of people or distrustful of yourself in these Hmm. situations Yeah, and start to deconstruct that and then create, go ahead and like full on create affirmations for yourself, unlink those, those negative beliefs in your head and start to put positive ones in their place. A really great book that you may want to check out, Hannah, uh, is called Maximum Achievement by Brian Tracy, and it's fantastic for 
this kind of thing that we're talking about. And I, it's probably my favorite book like ever. And, uh, I highly recommend it. So maybe that will offer some insight into this. Hmm. Yeah. I, I I love, I, I love that you, um, caution her against, uh, going the opposite direction, you know, and, and being overly, I don't know, whatever it is, extroverted when, Mm. you know, because I think the, I think the word maybe there is inauthentic. It's not, it's not really her. She's not really being herself. And, and that's sort of what struck me too, when I first read this email was if we talk about on the podcast, our, our authenticity being such a boon for us as actors and, you know, you never know when like that personality will get her work because they're looking for someone who embodies that kind of, you know, Mm. like if if she was going out for, um, you know, uh, the glass menagerie or something, they might be like, Oh my God, this is, this is perfect. Like this looks like, you know, a girl who's really shy, introverted, never been really outside of the house or, or out of her mother's, you know, left her mother's side uh, is going to really get it when, you know, the suitor comes to call and all, all that stuff. So, mm. <clears throat> you know, there are, there are roles out there that, that call for, the, for this kind of thing. If it's an issue that's affecting your relationship with other people, Hannah, then, then that does become an issue as you put it i i don't want to call i don't necessarily want to call it an issue because yeah it's not really i mean she calls it an issue in the email but i i hesitate to call it that because i want to celebrate it as you know who you be hannah that's just your personality um but if it's if it's preventing you from building relationships with people in a relationship-based business then it can potentially cause you to to not have those relationships and therefore not um potentially move forward in in certain in certain areas mm-hmm. you know it's it's funny because we're we're saying you know don't be inauthentic but at the same time fake it till you make it <laughs> um, so I, i'm not sure i'm not really sure what the solution here is well um, I, I, I think you really touched on it when you said be be yourself, be authentic. And there's a lot of people that, you know, are wildly successful, uh, creatives, whether they're writers or painters or entertainers or musicians, and they're just shy. It's just who they are. It's, that can be something to celebrate. That could be something to leverage as an advantage that you have, because perhaps you have a sensibility that you can bring to your work, um, that other people who are more extroverted can't. Mm-hmm. Like the, what you just said about maybe you're playing, uh, was it Laura and glass menagerie? Mm-hmm. Like that, that is such a good example because that, that is the kind <clears> of thing where an extroverted person would not book that role most likely, um, because that's not the kind of character it is. And they may not be able to bring the sensitivity and the tenderness that perhaps you Hannah might be able to bring. So yeah, let's, let's move away from the word issue. I think that's, that's great. The second thing, uh, or the last thing I would say is that people are smart and they understand that if you're shy, they can, they can see generally, I think that that doesn't necessarily mean that you are uninterested or boring or anything like that. You know, we don't, we don't need to make that up, uh, about 
the situation. I think that people just see, you know, maybe that's just, that's just the way you are and that's what makes you unique. And oftentimes that's very intriguing and very charming. So it's about finding the right balance of friendliness and compassion and, um, and demonstrating interest while also retaining a sense of, of authenticity in who you are and really letting that show, even if that looks like somebody who is quote unquote shy. Mm. Wow. This you know, is, I mean, hmm, you, you, that makes you and I, sense. It, it totally does. I think you and I actually just sort of arrived at the same thing at the same time. Cause I was just about to segue off of what you were saying. And then you, you, you kind of came to it, which is if Hannah, you're looking for literally tips on, you know, making your experience, um, in a room better, uh, for instance, if you're, you're meeting with an agent or something like that, then just use things that we've talked about on the podcast before, such as being a generous person, and making it about them. Mm-hmm. You know, I, <clears throat> right now, if, if you're, if you're shy, maybe it's because you're making it about, about yourself and, how you're going mm. to quote unquote look or feel or be or 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 maybe people are going to judge you like Trevor was saying you know what is it like is it does it have to do with your trust of yourself or your trust of other people but if you go in and you make it completely about the other person then there's there's nothing to focus on mm. so you know asking questions and being interested in what they're interested in it, it could be a, a really great way in so to speak. Yeah. And here's a secret. Here's a big <laughs> secret. People love talking about themselves. Mm-hmm. They love it. Some of them even create entire podcasts so they can just talk about themselves. Hey, the whole hey, time. hey, uh, hey, sorry. Hey, I, hey. I mean, that would be really lame if they did that, but, um, no, <laughs> people love it, man. So, and, and if they are asking you questions, a great technique, and you know, I put that word in air quotes, um, would be to, if if you're really feeling intensely shy and you're just not comfortable, you can always just give a little answer like, so tell me about such and such. And you can say, well, uh, this, this, and this, maybe you can relate or what do you think? Or has that ever happened to you? Just put it right hmm. back. I mean, you can give information about yourself, but not, but if you, if you get to the point where it's uncomfortable, then you can ask them, ask them to contribute and people will really value that you are interested in them and demonstrating interest and, and asking them and wanting to learn about their experience. Uh, that in that sense, you have an opportunity to be incredibly charming. Um, yeah, not in a manipulative way, but in a, in a genuine way. I, and I just thought of, I mean, I know we need to move on, but I just thought of another, another, uh, quote unquote technique to go, <laughs> that goes along the same, the I think same we need lines. to write an ebook. <clears throat> Hannah practice being, really transparent Mm. so if you're in a situation and you're feeling shy say it Mm. say so you know i just you know know, hey i know there's no really no reason for me to feel this way but i'm feeling kind of shy right now or I'm i'm a little bit nervous or whatever it is uh because that's you being authentic yeah transparency goes a long way Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when we worked at Apple and there was a a 
period of time there where I was, uh, I was like a assistant manager. Like I was actually the guy that, you know, upset customers would go to. And if they have, they're angry because they dropped their iPod on the highway and it got run over by a truck, they'd bring it in and were angry that we wouldn't replace it. And they would come at me with a lot of uh, aggression sometimes. And what I learned was really effective was exactly what you're just talking about. AJ was to say, uh, I can tell you're frustrated right now and I'm feeling a lot of anger. Um, coming from you. So let's see what we can do to fix this for you. Mm-hmm. And just acknowledging that a, I saw that they're frustrated and B that I was feeling their aggression. A lot of times you saw them immediately be like, Oh God, I am being really kind of this way with this person. Like, like that sense of compassion that we all have as, as human beings kind of kicks in. And uh, I'm not saying to use this in a manipulative way, but being transparent is a great way to, cut right through a lot of the BS that we have in our culture about how to talk to people, cut right through that and get to the heart of here are two humans connecting over a Mm. very human experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that is immensely powerful. Yeah. Wow. Who knew this rabbit hole would go so deep? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for the question. Hopefully we, we answered it. (laughs) I think so. I think that was that was a that was a surprisingly good um, uh, thread to follow. Yeah, um, that's cool. Great. So that was uh, that was actually about all we have time for for this first section here. So we still have at least two questions here in our outline to get to, as well as I think you said a few more that came in. Yep. yep so yep. Um, to be continued. Everybody, thank <laughs> you so much for for writing in for asking our thoughts. It's extremely flattering and exciting and and. Um, I feel very honored, and I know you do too, AJ, to be contributing to the community in this in this way, and to be fostering community in this way. Absolutely. So um, awesome sauce. All right, let's do this. So here's part two of my interview with casting director Sheila Guthrie. Some more great stuff uh, in in this half coming at you now. when you have you ever been surprised like about a callback you maybe not we're feeling we're not feeling it and then you hear that yeah and is there I I can't think of anything specifically but I I know that we've had I mean I've heard so many stories either from friends or from guests on the podcast of people who you know the the joke is always that you you book the ones you don't care about or you you know you book the ones where like you're you're super tired because of whatever reason or another you know you didn't get a good night's sleep the night before you didn't have enough time with you you felt like you didn't have enough time with the material you go in you're a bit frazzled but you show up professional anyway because you don't want to make your problem their problem right and you do the read and you're kind of almost like hung over or whatever and then they're like oh that's that's an interesting take and that's what gets you either the callback or the the book i've heard a lot of stories like that um yeah i can't think of anything specific where i felt like oh my god i totally bombed that audition and then i get you know a call right no yeah i think there are levels but i i I always wonder just when they see they see things that you maybe were not aware of maybe that's best because you weren't aware of them you weren't third eyeing yourself yeah in that moment it's interesting to me and a lot of times your training or simply your professionalism 
serves you well beyond what you remember when you're mm. in that room. It's, things kick in that are simply because you're the more you get experience. It's sort of like the, muscle memory. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it kicks in more than you realize. Hmm. I've been coming back to a lot something that a recent guest said James Dumont he just played mm-hmm. uh, Jared Leto's father in yes. uh, Dallas Buyers Club he he said something that long time fan <laughs> Sheila's a fan James if you're listening <laughs> uh, he said something on the podcast that just really it felt very empowering which said your only job as an actor is to get better that's it just just work on on improving yourself as a human being as an actor as a as a um, a, a citizen of this industry, right. you know, and it 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 really stuck with me because, uh, and it's come it, it it keeps coming back in, in various situations and 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 things that are pe- people are saying, and I feel like this is one of them, which is to say, there are certain things that just kick in that are just automatic, uh, automatic for lack of a better word, or muscle memory, like we were saying before, when you're in the room that are based on training and it doesn't necessarily mean that you went to a four-year university it means that you are constantly working to get better absolutely it, it's it's in a, in a in a classroom in a play in a, every part of it and I totally agree with that the one thing that you I want to say control because it, it's but it's not about control but it's the one thing that you choose to get m- more experience to learn more you can't go in that's I, I will say control you can't go into an audition and control so much of the circumstances it's that's not you can't you shouldn't it's it, it it won't happen it shouldn't mean you need the exact right environment to do your best work hmm. it's just not going to happen so you but what you can do is decide how to do your best work regardless of the circumstances regardless of the if you have to wait an hour Mm-hmm. You figure out how to modulate your. If you need to, you know, slap on some earphones and listen to some music. If you need to take yourself and set yourself aside from where everyone is waiting and talking about things that are distracting, mm-hmm. interesting, gossipy, but not relevant to the work <laughs> you need to do. If you need to take yourself somewhere else where you can't hear the read that's through the door that's right before you, oh, yeah. um, and sometimes you can't do that so you need to find a way if that's not healthy for your work and it's also not um, important it's not important information if, if you hear uh, a response or certain laughs to certain ways in which an actor before you is approaching the material um, and you think oh is that the way they want to hear it a lot of times rooms are being supportive a lot of times it, it's not a strong measure of what of what they are looking for and it can't I imagine help be distracting to notice sure. that oh that's not what I that's not the way I heard it you know mm-hmm. on the um should I borrow somehow quickly a choice that seemed to be like putting them you know on the floor should I do that it, it's all that stuff that really actually you have to figure out what to do with it and I so I really really appreciate and can understand the part where you concern yourself with your work with what actually elevates your work Mm -hmm. because all that other stuff are the things that you have absolutely no way of anticipating Mm -hmm. or controlling you know like in some offices if there's someone that is not necessarily giving you the focus 
uh, you think that might be looking down or might be more on the page casting director who may may not be off the page enough to to catch that moment that you had really felt was important and they missed <laughs> yeah. it well they're missing it's a level playing field they're missing perhaps certain but there but there actually is a lot more that they are getting and and able to um, sense is right or not right beyond even that one moment so I wonder sometimes if an actor thinks because I, I, I can catch it sometimes if I just need to go to a page and think no there was something that happened there and are they kind of focused on the fact that I just missed that moment <laughs> and they're still thinking about it like three lines later yeah. does it somewhere register in your consciousness that wait 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 yeah you know anything that we might do to control the room as you put it is just going to take us out of the out of the scene out of the moment waste of energy anyway yeah it's waste, not, of, waste of energy <clears throat> is not where your energy that. should be yeah i feel like so many actors are trying to quote unquote crack the code Yes. Like as if there was some as kind if of as if there is a code, as right. if there was some kind of way to m- manufacture a path, manufacture a yeah. um, a, a, a fail-proof yes. way of booking. Yes. And yes. concerning themselves so much with that when all of that energy, as you said, could be put towards being themselves, bringing what they believe is their choices, their interpretation to the character. Like, there's so many yes. other things that can and be focused on. And also, being present in a room is the most uncommon uh, work you can see. Really, it's it's uncommon. Work wow. that is present in a room. <laughs> because then, mistakes don't matter. There are no mistakes. There are no mistakes. I've, I've seen what, if you wanted to say, things that flubbed or moments that went, you would imagine, off the page and, and, and a little south, um, be the opportunity, actually, to get a sense of, 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 the, of someone's, how they handle a moment. And I've seen those moments actually fall into the plus column and get a job based on the fact that it didn't go as planned. And when it didn't go as planned, it got better. Mm-hmm. It got better. So present work is 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 uh, very um, compelling. And it and it and again, it's not as common. That's the work that really draws you in. You know, when you're five or you're four or five, and and you don't have as much social information input defenses, all of that, and somebody says to you, be a pirate, and you go, easy. Um, let's pretend Done. it's war. I'm on a horse. All those things. It's a duck mm-hmm. flying. Flying duck. You're on a flying duck. You know? And that's easy. Easy to make it real. So, the what happens between the filters, isn't it kind of just figuring out your filters, how to, how to eliminate your filters? Something that has been a topic of conversation on the podcast for over a year now is you know what stands between you and your authentic, authentic self vulnerability your authenticity, your, the, vulnerability yes. your authenticity all of that it's so. yeah how to, how to be vulnerable when actually everything you're looking at an office competition phones you can Strangers. write a parking space new material <laughs> what wait yeah. this is revised yeah. all that which builds your fort so how do you how do you not start your fort <laughs> when everything 
And in times, uh, you know, I, I'll mention also that if you just lose yourself in something, in a room, um, it probably crosses a line to some extent. It can't be, you know, the real of it is, yes, there are these exterior factors. Embrace them to some extent, but just um, listen to who you're in a room with. Mm-hmm. Really, just listen. See if you can find those moments, and it might not be it might not be completely successful. You might not have like shoot, you know, you might not shoot the curl. It might not be that zone that you know that you went into that made it easy, and that the rhythms that you were coming back at you, depending on who you were reading with, or matched up for for chemistry, or quickly thrown in a room for for mm-hmm. chemistry, mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. You win some, you lose some, and it may and it may be just about embracing the fact that. That can happen too. You don't need ideal circumstances like we were talking about to do your best work, because your best work can happen in the worst circumstances. So, but also, I also, I, I feel like the the way to, you know, you said you win some, you lose some, but you also said just listen, and I feel like the way to reduce the lose some. Lose some. Uh, yeah. Yes, the way to reduce the lose some, right. the losing, the lose right. side of the uh, percentage, right, is to be present. Yes. Because if something yes. is going, if something something is going quote unquote wrong, if you flub a line, if you're not getting what you thought you were going to get from the reader, if the producers are you know on their cell phone instead of watching your thing, whatever, like it doesn't, it won't affect you if you're just a, a present to absolutely. What, what it is that and you're maybe doing. that's the only thing that it doesn't depend. It, that's that's that if there is a this has a good chance of always working. <laughs> it's always being present to the circumstances that change. Yeah, that's true. That's probably the only thing. The only absolute. Yes, wow. because it's not a science. We try and make it a science the way we build the process. You know, it's a very big process with a lot of money being spent mm. on these decisions and so that has that means a lot of um, a lot of people need to be in agreement on or agree to disagree that business aspect instead of fighting it complaining about it uh, trying to wrangle it trying to understand it um, it's it moves in a little bit of chaos mm. so does our biology by the way you know <laughs> cells are not built you know, okay, through the wormhole with Morgan Freeman, great episode about how your cellular structure is is made to embrace chaos. So if you have a cell, as best as I understand it anyway, or remember it, um, that understands that one part of your body is not doing something, it, it'll it, it can pick up the function of that cell. You don't have cells that, that that necessarily won't respond to the needs of your other cells. So your biology is built to embrace a little bit of the random and the chaotic. Well, and we come so, full circle because it's also adaptive. Yes, exactly, and that's part of your personal makeup. So maybe it's a little bit about you know embrace that, and and don't try and put it in order. It doesn't want to be in order. <laughs> it doesn't want that. Mm. So uh, so and it's most exciting when it's not what you expect. I separate it so much now between like the gossip and the like you were saying like. Five bullet points, you know. Five ways to get that job. Three things you need to know in that room. <laughs> There's a reach for that in life. We're trying to we're trying to do that in life. So of course we're trying to do that in art, you know, to mm-hmm. some extent. The more experiences you have, mostly what you have are anecdotes. Well, here's here's a, just a small example, a real quick one, is in in having worked um, with the creators 
of Cheers, um, creators of Frasier. They're there longer. (laughs) Their hours are longer. You'd think there's a blueprint in it, and and if there's ever a science, maybe, that multi-cam storytelling uh, and being able to refer to experience you had um, for many, many years as to moments being surefire. This is how you build this joke. This is how you build this moment. And, and yet they were always staying for a rewrite, if, it, if need be, mm-hmm. that, that was responding to that particular episode, that particular moment, this new adventure for this character. And you could rely on things that you'd experienced, but for the most part, you're still building, paying attention to what happens in this particular moment. So the hours were sometimes long, and mm-hmm. it isn't no as much knowledge and is skillful and funny and delightful um, and knowledgeable as the creators might be. They're still problem solving, new problems. Yeah. Because the cir- new circumstances, based on a lot of knowledge. So there are times when it can be based on a lot of experience, being having been in a lot of rooms, which I have, having, having witnessed a lot of how decisions are made, which I have. It still comes down to a new context, which is why it's uh, it, it still is the people that are in the room that are working to be in uh, you know in sync with their creators and working to to move the project forward the same way uh, it still is a lot of uh, uh, figuring it out one of the things no matter that how many times you've had to figure it out yeah one of the things that Trevor <laughs> loves to sort of remind our listeners about and and I love listening to it every time because it just keeps me grounded is Everyone, this is kind of a, a downer way to put it, but to just for the sake of speed, everyone's always in fear of being fired. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like everyone, everyone is a human being essentially that works right. in this industry. It's not just actors. It's like everyone, every writer, every showrunner, every creator, every you know what have you is, is, is right. constantly you know trying to make sure that they're doing the best work possible so that they can continue to do that work right. continue to have their job and, and um, it's uh, it, it, like I said it just keeps me grounded like okay everybody's in this together and everybody's just trying to find the right solution and right. it's very rare to find people who are in a, in a headspace that's out to get you you know everybody's pretty much Absolutely. on everybody else's side because everybody wants to succeed Absolutely. for the most part you know, so yeah. it's rare to have people who are will just you know shit on you for no reason (laughs) (laughs) Um, it depends it depends (laughs) speaking of shit there's there's Uh, some people yeah there's some people some moments some places yes exactly and that's that's, what and that's what i mean but maybe they're just scared yeah maybe those people are just scared it's not and the point being it's not about you it's about them sure yeah exactly yeah not taking it personally yeah I, I, I just want to return uh, before we wrap up to your journey because eventually, I mean, where you are now is you're, you're you have your own office, but you're also sort of one half of um, right. Goddard Smythe, right? Guthrie Goddard Smythe casting. That's so way too long. <laughs> <laughs> I know your uh, your guys' email is is fun. Um, <laughs> 
we've talked in the past about your experiences, you know, working at uh, at CBS and and yeah. just the, all the the, the 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 various viewpoints you've had in in the industry. And you seem you all, both of you, you and Suzanne, always seem so content, really happy, like really happy. That was one of the first things I noticed when I went in for the first time for Suzanne. It's like she's really happy she's having a great time and it doesn't seem inauthentic like it seems like she's having a great time doing what she does so that's also why I wanted to come back to 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 the journey you know so you you know assisted and associated and worked your way up through (laughs) I associated associated my way with uh, well I was an associate some 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 shady characters pick up (laughs) I'll just um, pick up real quick totally non-shady and someone I've known for a long time Jeff Greenberg um uh, was where we left off in terms of working with him through um, mm-hmm. uh, some really, really wonderful projects, writing, and uh, and to be able to have the opportunity to actually work on something classic is is, is just a real uh, privilege. So mm-hmm. uh, there was a point at which um, uh, I did then um, put my my own name on an office. It just evolved that way. He was a hundred percent supportive, and uh, and then. I was independent for about four years, which is where Suzanne and I met, um, worked together, and uh, and then took my journey into the studio, and then wanted to be a gypsy again. Hmm. I'm a gypsy too. Yeah. It's because of the. I remember the first time actually I went at a studio, and it was, of course, so fresh out of the casting process from the other point of view, reading hundreds, you know. Hopefully, because it's what I like to do. I, I love to look for buried treasure, so I, I would read hmm. a lot of um, a lot of people. And sitting in a studio test and thinking, there are th- there are three or four actors. I am so I have to wrap my mind around the fact that someone else's process is coming into the studio with their choices, producer choice after casting had been through, you know, the part that I was used to the volume. I think our first couple of sessions, they were really wonderful choices, but it was still hard for me to... I kept thinking, we're, we're the other 300. Oh, I, I, I'm, wow. I'm missing, I'm missing what led to this, because I missed that part of it. I did, and that, that, I missed it a lot. That's, that's really interesting, because I remember talking to you about this before. What was interesting to me about that conversation was what you were saying, like... You kept getting new and more responsibilities yes, in right. this position, yes, and it yes, just yes. kept like happening because yes. of um, you know Meeting someone someone yeah. you know leaving or like the, you know this show didn't have someone, and there was con- consolidations and company didn't necessarily have anything to do with you, but then right. did have something to do with you. I didn't hear this part of the story, which is that you would you were also missing the the part of the process that you enjoyed exactly. so much. Exactly. And so you had this combination of like adding hundreds of responsibilities <laughs> and losing hundreds of opportunities <laughs> to meet actors. Yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> it's I mean it was fascinating to me because it was the part where actual uh, shows get made. Then mm. at that point where okay go and you are in the process of getting a show made when casting is the front line there it's the first uh hire after a show gets picked up it's normally the first hire so you are front line on Mm. building wow on building the show on working to make the best pilot on working to make the best film so if if that's the front line 
then where would you say what line, right. quote unquote, would you say the you were when you were, working, <laughs> when you were working? When you were working the bottom line, the, oh, bottom yeah, line. the, the money, you right? Go from the, the front line when you were to working the at this, line, when you were working at the studio, yes. Which is 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 this is this the show we envisioned when we read the material? How all these elements come together in terms of de- design and look and tone and all of those things that that off the page start to become living and breathing and so that's the part where what you imagined as you're reading and what the discussion was about where about about tone or about um about where the characters go not just in the short run not just to make a good one hour story but potentially you think long term when you're thinking about that you're thinking where does this character go in year three you know you have that you need to have some sense. You don't have to know exactly, but you do want to build something in a way that it's it's um, long term, mm-hmm. interesting. Or you know, some characters run their course a little sooner, but mm-hmm. but that's always something in mind. But essentially, it's potentially completely different conversations, especially yes. when it comes to timelines. Yes, you're, yeah. you're doing episodic, and exactly. everything is happening at this pace, and exactly. you've got to find you know somebody for that particular role in that particular episode. And the thing is, during a pilot, during a, you know traditional pilot season, although there's production year round in terms of pilots, sure. um, series, all of that. Now, you're doing it when everybody else is doing it. <laughs> it's, right. You're, you're competing. It's a competitive environment. Hmm. So effective decision making is very helpful, and that's part of the challenge. I know one decision you don't have to make, which is the title of your memoir. I think we found it. It's from it the front, from the front, no, from the front line to the bottom line and back again. Um, yeah, I think that's a, a, a brilliant way of putting it. Yeah. So you decided to take another step forward, right? Based on where you had come from, some might see as a step back, but it mm-hmm. really wasn't. Which is just to open an office and, and, and go back to the process that you love so much. Knowing what I, having the benefit of the knowledge that I Oh, gained. true. Yeah, having the benefit of the knowledge that you Absolutely. gained while you were in that position. Wow. Absolutely. That's great. Really, another, really Another, another <laughs> it's just like where you where you started at the, man, at the, at the as an assistant to a manager, learning, learning the ropes of the office. That's right. You just learn the ropes of the biggest possible office in Hollywood. Absolutely. And then, you know, have that knowledge to take back to you know your, and others your casting exactly office. others have done the same thing so it's a it's it's a it's a different hat in a way but it's still a hat so but you you, you have a sense of the, um, like the things that are on a little bit for an actor like your we were talking about your skill set that that basically supports you you have then a certain kind of understanding that is really helpful mm-hmm. um, it's still no matter what the technology no matter what the year we are in no matter no matter there's still the bottom bottom line of compelling work is still the same it doesn't change it doesn't change it 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 it, it the for instance in terms of just submissions breakdowns all of that the method of of transmission has changed. Um, sure. The speed has changed. There might be certain things that are in vogue, just in terms of, mm. of pop culture personalities, things like that. But actually, it's the same. Mm. It's the same. And, and and what's cool is when you have had a certain amount of experience, it's about knowing what is 
get there's a certain point in time in that you you, you you are really trying to stay on top of what changes and then there becomes a time when you really understand what doesn't and that's what's really cool to be in a mode where you where you know this is you, you know and has and you're seasoned enough to be able to understand that which is a, is a great place to get to and then just still there's that tuning fork that goes off it's being a sucker for this wonderful work that that tuning fork goes off when you see something that it literally you're going oh 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 inside you're getting so excited when you see just um, what someone makes you feel mm-hmm. what someone how someone makes you lose yourself in 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 what they're doing and that doesn't change I don't think at least in my mm. experience that doesn't change because of the it depends there are so many questions that and so many roads we could go down you know just last night we were talking about the size of headshots that you're looking at on right. actors access or you know these tiny little thumbnails and that. breakdown express too yeah that's what you see that's what you see as and, opposed and, to the, and that's, the texture of a picture resume and but that's what some, actors have to take go. into you know that's what actors have to take into consideration yeah. when getting their headshots taken etc cetera, etc cetera. so there's right. so many little nuanced things and and we could probably talk for hours but we have two questions that we always ask all of our guests um, at the end of, it, of, of every interview. Um, but but the tradition, I guess, is very James Lipton. The first one is, do you feel like this business, this industry, this career path chose you or you chose it? Oh, God, how do you be smart? <laughs> how do you sound smart? You don't have to sound smart. It's not a requirement. <laughs> The part where, personally, I needed an escape, it chose me. Oh, interesting. The part where, just in watching TV, going to the movies, seeing my first play, that chose me. The part where I understood uh, the um, discipline of it, then I chose it. I had to choose it because the uh, because the you know who'd be good part you know oh god you know who would be good and we all do that we go see a movie and say you know who would have been better in that part <laughs> everyone has an eye uh-huh. everyone's voting you know uh-huh. for their favorite American Idol or you know voice uh-huh. so uh, everyone has an eye but the part where the mechanics and you have to learn how to facilitate the art in spite of a lot of mechanics. Um, that part I chose. I love that answer. And uh, the second question is, with all of your experience, from the front line to the bottom line and back again, <laughs> uh, and everything that you've um, seen, heard, uh, how, how much the industry has changed over the years uh, that you've been working in it and all of that, if you could take all of that experience and boil it down to one nugget of advice the one thing that you feel is um, the pinnacle of, of what you've learned essentially, what would that piece of advice be? Uh, you know, I, just hearing you say someone's starting out, um, I heard this somewhere that I can't pinpoint where everybody can start a race. Everybody can start their race. But run your race. Run your race. And, and, and if it's a long distance, what's your race, you know? Is it is it long distance runner? Um, 
you, there will be immediate reward, and there will be days when you just think it's not working at all. And how are you? How are you? What do you? What have you decided about how to manage that? What have you decided about about why you're doing this? That would be my advice. I also have uh, one thing that I think it's important is I, I think there's sometimes a notion that you, you do it you do it if you have if you have to if you have nothing else that you want if there's anything else you're good at that you can do do that and I'm not really a fan of or, or feel as though that's necessary thinking to be a committed artist I think a more interesting life makes for more interesting work I think if you are a cabinet maker if you have a skill set if you teach in an elementary school if you have other ways to engage in life I think it only contributes to your work. It's a time management issue. It's not a passion management a passion. issue. Wow. So I and I think there's too much all or nothing. Yeah. Do or die. That's how you have to feel to make it happen. Well, you can feel that way, and it might not happen, and it might get in your way, and wow. it actually might be a reason why you are all stakes are are there, and that just might be not enough balance it might be enough to trip you up you don't have to you can love the moment you're in and the class you are in and still have something that is reasonably supporting yourself in your life that actually can add to your life as an artist that actually adds to an arena of observation so I just I kind of uh, it's a little bit touches on what you were talking about that um, if you are in a if you're tired, maybe that's when your best work comes out. If you're in a play at night and you've got a call time, and maybe that's why that audition takes on a different value. Or think about that from the start. Because, hmm. because there will be ebb, there will be flow, um, and, and you, you're not as good an actor as your worst audition. You're not as perhaps always great as your best. But I like to think that that's that's the level that you're capable of working at and to touch that to, to know that but the parts where it might not be there to stay in it but the other things will sustain you so does that make sense? absolutely I'm like completely blown away I, I, the time management versus passion management thing just like yeah. that was a total noodle baker like completely <laughs> blew my mind so thank it's, you for that it's, it's okay to love something else too <laughs> yes and particularly someone else so <laughs> I, I love everything about that yeah. um, if people want to find out about more find out more about you and, and Suzanne like do you I, I actually don't know this do you guys have a website or is it just IMDB um, or, um, yeah IMDB I think. are you on I, the I, Twitters <laughs> do we twit are we twits um, available Mm-hmm. that uh, electronically um, but I would say just you, you'll um, you'll get to know us probably through simply hopefully walking in our door um, yeah. because we pay attention to submissions to postcards we have projects that put us in different corners of the city I would say you know we're in we're in one place as home base but we're actually in, in, in different um, places that are proximity to what we're working with yeah we're working with. I think I've auditioned so. for you guys in three different <laughs> locations all over we're Los Angeles. We're on the Angeles. lamb. <laughs> <laughs> all three different three Weird. different locations all over Los Angeles, and now I'm working yeah. in something you cast in New York. So yeah, it we're, is a bit all over the place. It's like someone's after us. 
that's great. I mean, so, Google it. Yes. Google it or, yeah. or go on IMDb. Yeah, yeah, um, to find out a little more, and then we're also, sure. also we're, we're coming to your town soon. <laughs> <laughs> coming to a town near you. Um, thank you so much. Thank you. Sheila, I really, really appreciate it. I know that our listeners are really going to appreciate it as well. Thank so, you. Thank you. All right, everybody. Hope you dug uh, AJ's chat with Sheila Guthrie as much as I did. You know, for the most part, I enjoyed it, but uh, there were some parts where I was like, um, well, it kind of depends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I was like, what are, you, what are you about to say? Are you about to, like, offend one of our listeners or one of our guests? I mean, no. what is wrong with you? Uh, yeah, that's hilarious. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah, she was ha, great. Ha, she was, she ha. was, like, I learned a lot, uh, you know, listening to that interview. Um, and I think that there were a lot of big takeaways, but especially just the, the fluidity of a casting director's job. It is just as much of an art as, as anything else. Mm-hmm. And just seeing all the different moving parts that have to be in play that, that the casting director or associate is juggling. I'm really realizing that, you know, if you don't get the part, it's just because it just wasn't meant to be. And I think it has very little to do with ability at this point. Yeah. I mean, obviously you want to be the best, you know, artist you can be, but it depends. It depends. (laughs) On 48 different things. It all depends. Yeah. So I've seen people, yeah, I've seen people completely change the gender and ethnicity of characters at the last minute because of an actor. Yeah. So yeah, it uh, happens all the time. I think, in fact, Ripley in the original Alien movie was supposed to be a man, but when Sigourney Weaver, Sigourney Weaver somehow got involved, they were like, "Nope, she's perfect," and they totally changed it to a woman. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's funny. Uh, I just read the other day that James Cameron. Um, I don't know if people know this, but like he has gone on record as saying that there is uh, enough content and material in the universe of Pandora, which is the uh, planet in um, Avatar, that he's only going to make Avatar movies for the rest of his career. Um, <laughs> Are you serious? Yep. He has gone on record as saying this. Oh, God. Um, and uh, her character died in the first film. But they're such good friends and have had such a long-standing relationship creatively that he's going to bring her back in awesome. like all of the sequels. So that is cool, man. I loved the first Avatar movie. I know that there was like a point in our culture where it became kind of uncool to like movies like Titanic and Avatar, both of which happen to be James Cameron movies. <laughs> but there was like that tipping point where it was like everybody loved it. And then you were a big loser if you loved it, you know? And I was always kind of like, fuck y'all. I think it's a good movie. I, I love it. I've seen it five times. <laughs> you know? I think I think Avatar is fantastic. I, I think it's a really great film. Hey, speaking of fantastic Speaking of good films, films. Ah! everybody go see Edge of Tomorrow. It was awesome. And as I wrote in the dispatch, the most recent dispatch, a uh, huge Tom Cruise fan now. Just love the guy. Totally enrolled in everything he does. Um, he kills it. And the movie is so smart and so fun. Uh, go see it. It is, it is everything in summer blockbuster should be. But it's also really smart. And there's a lot of fun plot twists. And it's, it's really good. Go see it. That is my pick of the week. I'm complete. Awesome. <laughs> the end. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> And your pick um, of the week is uh, my pick of the week not is terribly unrelated. 
Uh, I mean, I it's in the video game world, and Edge of Tomorrow is very video game-ish, I would say. Oh, it is. Oh, yeah. now I really want to see it. I should have mentioned this in the last episode because now it's the time is time is running out. This one ends on June 30th, as do most of them. But every summer, all of the video game distributors, sales, online stores, yeah, uh, do uh, summer sales. And it was started by um, Valve, who uh, own and operate um, what's called Steam. Steam is a client, I think I've mentioned on the podcast before, it's basically like iTunes for video games. So it allows you to search games, read reviews, read descriptions, watch trailers, look at photos, and decide if you want to purchase it. They do they do deals. They do like discounts from time to time, but none are as big as what's called the Steam Summer Sale, which is actually my pick of the week. And it's basically a week and a half or so uh, in the beginning of summer that Steam does this huge sale where almost everything, most of their A-list, most of the A-list titles that are sold get go on sale for steep, steep discounts, sometimes up to 75% off. If you just want something that, you know, is like a fun little distraction. Yeah, I was, um, was going to ask you how to, to loop this back to the kind of actor's journey. How does this, how do you see this benefiting um, a creative type? Well, I talked about this I've talked about this on the podcast before. I think I talked about it when uh, I made Quantic Dream my pick. But one of the things that I love about video games in general, I play a lot of video games, is the storytelling elements and how they're pieced together. And, you know, it's kind of like, for me, it's kind of like if you were to sit and watch a film, you know, that's two hours where you watch someone else, you know, tell uh, this one particular story. Whereas video games are more and more getting to the point where your choices affect what story is actually told. Mm. And even if the story is more linear, it's like playing a film. <clears throat> you know, it's like it's like playing through a movie that mm-hmm. you're watching and you're enjoying the the, the, the storyline, but you're also making choices and your your actions are what is driving the, the story forward. Hmm. And I really do see it as its own art form. Everything from the way that the graphics are drawn in terms of visual art to the storytelling in terms of writing to uh, the game mechanics um, and, and how they're sort of pieced together. And if you've either read... I, I, I've also read a lot about video games as well. If you've either read a lot about video games or played a lot of video games... You start to see these things that are that show up in almost every game, just like things show up in almost every movie, um, because it, it, it is. It's just it's just storytelling when it's good. I mean, obviously there's crappy games out there, but there's crappy movies uh-huh. as well. Uh-huh. But True. when it's when it's done well, it, it's um, it's amazing. So by the time this episode goes live, <clears throat> this sale might be done. In fact, it will be over. So Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, so what do you suggest so for people who are I'll just tell you hearing what, this I late? will I will I will make uh, I will amend my pick of the week and I'll just make Steam um, my my pick of the week. Okay. Um, and they like I said earlier, they always do um, discounts. Cool. Like yeah, they they're, they come around all the time. This is just like the big one. Okay, awesome. Their website, I think, is actually steampowered. Okay, dot so steampowered.com. Yeah, steam.com. <laughs> this domain is not for sale. Someone is squatting mm-hmm. on steam.com. 
someone is nice. definitely squatting on, on steam.com. You just do a, a Google search for it, but it's yeah. Steam powered. Cool. Cool. Every time I hear the word this about this company, I get that Peter Gabriel song stuck in my head. You know that song? Give me steam. Don't. Definitely listening after this. All right. Well. All right. It's a good song. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we have a listener pick of the week from last week's patron, Andy M. Goldberg, um, whom the podcast loves a long time. His pick is Indie.com. That's I-N-D-I.com. And it's a website that creates a variety of contests. This is straight. These are Andy's words. Variety of contests designed for actors, comedians, musicians, and other artists. A new contest in each category comes out every few weeks, all with cash prizes. It's basically a two-person scene with sides provided, taped by the actor, quote-unquote, audition style. You get two weeks from the start of the contest to submit your individual entry. And there are two ways to win it. First, a week-long popular vote, uh, which is designed for those with a strong social media network. So obviously, the more people you get to vote for you, the better. And then secondly, all entries are judged by industry professionals. So in the case of the acting challenges, uh, Andy says he's seen several big-name casting directors, including Marissa Ross and Scott David, actually go on and judge these judge these, uh, these scenes. Uh, he says there are some great reasons he submits entries, even though he doesn't have a social network to win a popular vote. First and foremost, it's an opportunity to act, which is great. Every couple of weeks, someone creates a new scene for him to work on. Um, and then he says, can you say mastering your craft? <laughs> love, love his, uh, his approach. And then he says also every entry, regardless of the number of votes, gets looked at by the casting director. It is a potential connection with that casting director. And isn't that what we all want? And then he says, finally, registering, excuse me, registering on the site, doing the work and submitting is all free. So at the very least, it's like a free CD workshop. So it sounds really cool. I'm wondering how the company makes money. uh, And I'm wondering how these casting directors who are already very busy have time to actually go on and watch all these, these videos. But and then I wonder if they call people in from those, but it, it looks like a great, at the very, very least, if, <clears throat> if nobody's, if the cast directors aren't watching it and the site's not making money or anything, at the very least, it's a great way to practice and master your craft and, and put yourself on tape and get used to that, that process. So it looks like a fantastic way to just, uh, just practice, practice, practice. Indie.com uh, from Andy Goldberg. Thank you, Andy, for sharing that. Uh, patron of the week. You want to talk about our patron of the week? Yeah. So our patron of the week this week is Yuna Love, who just sent us a little love to the podcast. I think she responded to your last dis- dispatch, uh, AJ or AJ. I'm AJ. You're <laughs> AJ. Trevor. <laughs> Trevor. Uh, she went and saw Edges Tomorrow. I think. Yeah. Is that yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and she really- wholeheartedly agreed with my assessment of its excellence. For oh, that no. for that validation, Yuna, we're good friends. Always and forever. <laughs> and, and and only for that. Yeah. See, he can be bought, you guys. He can be bought. <laughs> for those of you who don't know this longtime listener, she's uh, based in the UK and uh, describes herself as warm and friendly with a spine of steel. Speaks softly but carries a big stick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she has appeared in the indie feature Wraith opposite Terry Dwyer. 
and in numerous short films and has been praised for her onstage work as well. Yuna currently studies with David Johnson, and you can see all of her linkies on our website, InsideActingPodcast.com. I got to say, dude, that sounded a little dirty. You can see all of her linkies on our website. I'm just... What? (laughs) Why? Why? No. It was just the way you said it. You were like, you could see all of her linkies on our website. I thought I was being cute and adorable. It is cute oh. and adorable, depending on uh, your... Cute, uh, adorable, anyway. and dirty. Uh, was, I don't know what a linky is, but it sounds uh, interesting. Uh, yeah, no, her real, uh, her About Me page and her Twitter are all linked in her profile. So check Yuna out. Really interesting person who's up to some big things. And thank you, Yuna, for your support, as always. All right, so, um, gosh, a lot of ways for people listening, meaning you, uh, can get in touch with the podcast. If you want to shoot us an email, you can do so at insideactingpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to leave us a voicemail, you can do so at 2132-ACTORS. Still the best phone number ever. That's 213-222-8677. I still can't believe that that happened. Like, totally, like, that was, like, just the phone number they gave us, right? Um, well, you can do when you sign up for a Google Voice account. You can actually search for words. Oh wow! So we searched for actors, and that's what came up. How? And it was the and it was the only one, and it was the only two one three number left, like the only LA base number left. Yeah, yeah. Um, but crazy. while we're on the subject, actually, that was the thing that I, I was trying to remember what it was about Yuna's email that I wanted to talk about. Yuna asked if she could send, if she could record an MP3 on her phone oh, and send yeah. it to us. Absolutely. Uh, you know, we, it's been a long time since we've talked about that, being that we've been using the voicemail for, uh, the majority of, of listeners calling in with, with their voice. I can't talk anymore. Um, anyway, uh, but yeah, you can absolutely record an MP3 and, and, and send it in. That goes for all of our listeners, especially those who are, not in the U.S., and therefore it would be really expensive to use a non-U.S. phone to call a U.S. number. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, so please do. Any any <coughs> uh, any way that you can use to get a, your voice in the show, we uh, more or less approve of. <laughs> <laughs> Had to throw a little qualifier in there for any crazies. Uh, yeah. Um, what, what else can they do? You guys can also find us on... We're on Twitter at Inside Acting. We're on Facebook. Uh, there's a group as well as a page you can find. So you can like our page and join our group. You can leave us a review on iTunes, which is probably my favorite thing that people do, to be honest. I, I just love seeing when people write nice things about us on the internet. It's just, it's just great. So... Um, Definitely, that is an option if you would like to support us in that way. We're also an actor rated. And uh, last but not least, of course, you guys can send us uh, some financial love, which is what keeps fuel in the tank. Uh, podcast is not free to produce, uh, although it is free to listen to. Um, so if you are the type of person who wants to contribute to the podcast and give back a little bit, uh, put that out in the world, put it into our PayPal account, that'd be huge. Any amount is totally cool with us. Nothing is too small. Nothing is too large unless PayPal says so. So feel free to add as many zeros as you want, and we'll just test the system there. See (laughs) see what works and what doesn't. Yes. But uh, so you can do one lump, kind of lump sum. I love that lump sum. It always cracks me up. Uh, Or you can do a recurring monthly donation. And if you recurringly donate monthly, 
I think that was grammatically correct. <laughs> you, you become a patron, and we'll, uh, we'll put your a picture, a bio, uh, and some links up on our patron page, as well as feature you in an upcoming episode uh, and on our website. And there's actually a couple other things we haven't worked for our pa- in the works for our patrons as well. So uh, I know I've said it before, um, but now is a great time to sign up as a patron. Uh, if you get in now, you may lock in some things that may not be available later. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, cough, cough. So go do that on our website. Uh, on the right-hand side of the main page there, you'll see a donate button. And on that page, if you click that, the page it takes you to is where you can donate. Uh, as a patron or as a one-time uh, kind of fan person contributor. That's how we roll. So for episode 149 and our production coordinator, Jen Levin, who's working really hard behind the scenes, getting some awesome guests for us. You guys are going to be like blown away when you hear who is uh, possibly coming on the podcast very soon. It's going to be great. Um, so for her, for our technical producer, Cesar Gamino, who is uh, hard at work on an exciting web series that you all should check out. I don't know what it's called currently, but just hit up his hit up our about the team page and, and take a look at Caesar's stuff. He's got some exciting things in the works. Um, yeah, so for those two and myself, Trevor Algott, take it away. I'm, I'm AJ Meyer. We'll see you next week, and in the meantime, be cute, fun, and dirty. This episode of Inside Acting has been brought to you in part by Rehearsal 2, the app for actors. Want to learn your lines fast? Be off book for auditions? Explore your character and make stronger choices? There's an app for that. Rehearsal 2. Download it now at rehearsaltheapp.com slash download. That's rehearsaltheapp.com slash download.